Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. If you have a preset orientation that the man is making you do something, then you invite supervision because you're dragging your feet. And then the supervision, which is the man micromanaging you, validates the preset beliefs you had about the authority. And now you're back at the beginning. You see the cycle? Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Society conditions us to crave supervision and hate it. We want people to tell us what to do so we don't make mistakes and disappoint. But when people tell us exactly what to do, we usually hate it. School, work, authority figures, they all contribute to this dynamic in various forms, training us to both invite and resent the man for watching over us. So to start this four-part series on management, supervision, and what I call meta-supervision, I want to share my theory about how disengagement works and why I think this cycle of disengagement is a multi-billion dollar with a B worldwide problem. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Part of our school conditioning, I would argue, is that we're, we're conditioned to think in terms of learning only in, at the level of understanding because school is not about change, not about growth, except at the level of more information in you. So the result of that, one of the results of that is that when we're exposed to learning paths that are about other things, like changing who you actually are or gaining a skill, we tend to think because of all that school conditioning that if we understand it here, that that's enough. And it's not. It's not. So you can go through this course like school and develop an understanding of what's being talked about. And some of that may trickle down into your experience. But you'll basically be auditing the course, not actually doing it. As a teacher, I can own that it's a little unsatisfying for me when I can get the sense that people are auditing the course because I'm not teaching it from the place of like, you know, the point is not so that you can understand this stuff and not change. You know, what lights me up is creating change in the world. That's my motive. So that's self interested. So I can set that aside and say, well, you guys are the customers. You can get from it whatever you want. If you want to audit the course, that's completely fine. But the accountability guy in me says, you can audit that, the course. That's fine. But you and I are going to have a conversation about the fact that you're auditing the course. 
I won't support you pretending that you're doing something other than auditing it. You see? Because that's my commitment to truth. On a, on, a, on a related note, I found it interesting that despite the fact that I invited people to send me their assignments if they wanted feedback from me, I got uh, three. Three of you sent me your work from the last week. Three out of 15, 20. So what that tells me is that there's a little bit of an engagement issue maybe going on because on, on one hand, it's like, well, again, how you do the course is, is completely up to you how you want to do it. But if you want to rock it and get everything out of it that you possibly can, well, why wouldn't you run, want to run your work by me? Why not? Because most of you know already, in just a couple of minutes, I can save you months, maybe more on the journey that you may be. And I've, at the same time, some of you have also had the experience where that moment has happened where I've tried to save you months and you've said no. Not in those words. <laughs> so uh, what I learned in my old age is um, something my father says far too often, and that is live and let live. When he says it, usually it's an excuse. But I'm learning the, the wisdom of that. And hey, if you want to audit the course, that's cool. If you've got so much going on right now that auditing the course is the best that you can do, and you want to do sort of a, um, you know, like the first brushstroke, and, and you know, three months later, I'm doing an online course right now where I did that. It happened in the fall, and I was in it live, and I couldn't do the exercises. And now I'm going back. Um, someone else's course, I mean. And, and now I'm going back and doing all the work of it. And that's cool. That's fine. That's fine. I just want that to be in your consciousness that this is not 10th grade uh, geometry and you're not going to get what you need or maybe what you want, hopefully, from just uh, understanding it from the neck up. And if, that's, if now isn't the right time for you, that's totally fine. Just be honest and clear about where you're at with it is all I'm saying. Okay, so... With that preamble behind us, anybody want to share what they've been understanding? I found myself thinking while I was completing the sentences, that portion, that second portion of the assignment, that I was finding myself curious and really wondering what your feedback would be and, and, and looking forward to it in a way that I don't usually think of that. Uh, and, and, and wanting your feedback uh, in past assignments that I've done. That's just something I, I kind of noticed. Uh, uh, another thing I'll note, I noticed is that, well, uh, I, I, I knew that it was going to be uncomfortable to write the letters to myself from my parents, from the point of view of my parents, because I think it had been an assignment in a previous course, and I didn't do it. Um, and I, and I was, my story to myself was, oh, I, I can't remember enough, and so I'm not going to know what to say. And I did okay with my dad. I don't think I did great with my mom, but I found myself thinking more about what my mom had to offer and what she might have said when I was listening to a talk radio program yesterday about culture and what we, what we get from our parents and other, other places in the culture. That got me thinking more. So I don't know if, it, if I, I think I can get more about what my mom might say just because that point of view opened up something for me. That's, that's all. I felt more free listening to the radio than I did sitting down to do the assignment. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind and play that back to you. I felt more free 
listening to the radio than sitting down and doing the assignment. Okay. What do you hear in that? Let's see. Uh, we talked about what freedom is and what it really isn't last week. Mm. And um, so I was putting on the situation of doing my homework uh, a couple mornings ago. I was playing victim to something. What? The man, Joseph, making me do something. Right? He's always on your ass, isn't he? Always. He's, he's relentless. He's relentlessly trying to give you what you told him you wanted. Yeah. You've gave me... <laughs> you, you, you. Hold on, take that in for a second. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> the last part, I'm sorry. My mind was wandering to my response. Take that in for a second. Joseph, it, as a stand-in for the man, is relentlessly trying to give you what you said you wanted to get. Oh, for some part of you, that's a problem that makes you feel less free. I think I'm getting it. When you put it in those terms, that's that the that the reality way to put it. Joseph making me uncomfortable or continually trying to give me what I said I wanted. Uh I think that's the key that that uh, that I'm getting from it. I said I wanted this because I signed up for the course. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, so I'm going with that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. So let's set aside Joseph here for a second because this is any authority figure. Oh, yeah. How often do you guys all find yourselves in life where you make a choice, like, you know, that you want a certain job, right? I agree to have this job. I agree to take on this project. I agree to take on this client. And then, you know, boss starts ordering you around, like, you know, like as if you work for them. The client starts asking for stuff, like as if they're paying you. And you have this reaction like, oh man, what a pain. Right. And then that's the frame that you behave from, somehow completely forgetting that you freely chose to put yourself in that situation. And now everything really is going according to plan, more or less, according to the meta plan of the arrangement. They're keeping their, I'm keeping my end of the bar, I'm giving you the assignment you know, that you wanted (laughs) because you've known for years and years and years that being uncomfortable is the path to learning. But then when it comes down to sit down and do it, there's just this, "Ah, I don't want to, I want it to be easy. I want a chocolate sundae instead. I'm not singling you out. Everybody does this, myself included. Interesting to notice that, right? So if you just start by just noticing that and having yourself kind of a giggle about it, I'm trying to be lighthearted about it. Because the context of the, the history of work, the reason I put that out there is so that you can all have some self-understanding and, self, and self-compassion for it. I've never met anybody that doesn't have authority issues in this way. So it's fine that it's there. It's fine that it's there. It's fine that it's there. It's fine that you have it. I'll say it a million times. It's not fine to have it and pretend it's not there. That's the only problem. Because then you're like Cleopatra, you know, queen of denial. (laughs) It's actually not, it's actually not bad. Oh, do you mind if I talk a little bit about my experience with that? With Please, and then we'll go to Deborah because she chimed in. Oh, sorry. No, Deborah can go. All right. Sam's graciously deferring to Deborah. 
I was very surprised at how much I could write. And I just kept writing and writing. And in my particular case, there was a point in my young life where I became my mom's mom. Ah, not uncommon. No, the authority figure was reversed for me. Yeah. So I had to work through that. Um, I, uh, yeah, I had to work through that. I, I, I was her mom. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm one who told her she can't live in the past. And, and there became a point where I did block a lot of that out. And so I was so anxious to read my letters to my kids and my husband and, and uh, just pretty much too many people, I think. Uh, I wanted to see what they thought about it. Mm-hmm. And some of that I was trying to prove whether I was right or not, which sure. really, really disturbed me. <laughs> Was it a was it a want was it a wanting to be proven that you were right or was it just a wanting to be wanting to have your reality validated? Yeah, it was the reality validated. Yeah, because that's reasonable. I'd say the shadow side of wanting your reality validated is needing to be right. right? Yeah. But if you're like, whoa, this is coming up, am I crazy? And you're wanting validation for that reality, that's that's totally reasonable. Definitely. I loved it. I, I didn't get through my dad um, as much or uh-huh. as, as free-flowing as my mom, but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the process. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad it, it was enjoyable and not uh, unilaterally uncomfortable for you. Cool. Very cool. Go ahead, Sam. Right. So it's interesting. This is very similar to an exercise that I did in marriage counseling a few years ago with my wife where the counselor encouraged us not to do this verbatim, but something like this. Uh-huh. Actually, it was a number of years ago. I don't like to think about how old I am. <laughs> Ten. I've known her 25 years now. Um, okay. So this was like 10 years ago. So it kind of gave me the opportunity to see how I viewed those people and their impact over a period of time. And I, I, I kept the notes because when I made them the first time, it made me so angry that I wanted to keep them around so that I could, you know, feel like my counselor was a bad guy for making me do it or something like that. <laughs> this, is what, this is what I've come to, okay? So, Congratulations. That's an incredible insight. Yeah. And so wh- while I was doing it, I began resenting you too. Thank you. Now, look how freeing it is just to be able to say that. But let me just add one thing that will help. A part of you was resenting me. Okay, that's fair. That way, there's a difference between you and how you really feel and see now. And then that way you can own, okay, this part of me was resenting Joseph, but I wasn't. And now, now there's a differentiation. Yes, right. And so I guess for me, less, less than insights about my my family and their their impact though there was some of that one of the big things that i got out of the assignment was in seeing how i default to being given assignments mm. so I, I don't i don't i don't know if that follows the plan but that that's what happened oh that's a perfect setup for that's exactly what we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about how all of this produces a situation that elicits the need for supervision all of the authority projections and our work conditioning that's what sets the stage for disengagement in its various forms which sets the stage for the need for supervision which then 
spins the wheel another way, right? Because if, if you have a preset orientation that the man is making you do something, you're going to drag your feet in one way or another, completely understandably inside that frame. How could you not? Because you're not going to be 100% excited about it. Then you're going to, then you invite supervision because you're dragging your feet. And then the supervision, which is the man micromanaging you in ways that actually are not good for you or them or anybody, validates the preset beliefs you had about the authority. See, there's the man on my back. And now you're back at the beginning. You see the cycle? And then that will keep happening again and again and again. And every time it goes around, it validates your beliefs about authority again. That not that amazing? That, ladies and gentlemen, is my theory of how disengagement works. Disengagement, the multi-billion dollar worldwide problem. This is where I think it comes from. That's the cycle. It's a negative feedback loop. And how do you undo it? Well, more to come on that later. I don't want to give, give too much away. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.